You're listening to Divinely Curious, the podcast for mystics, seekers, and the spiritually curious. I'm Heather Augusta. Join me and my co-host, Emily Rose, for spirited discussions about what's capturing our curiosity and what we're discovering along the way. Hey, Emily. Hey, Heather. How's it going? Oh, it's going okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be in the air right now. Do you want to talk about anchoring practices, how to feel okay when happiness just really isn't an option? Let's do it. Awesome. So one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this is because um, the last few years have been incredibly challenging for a lot of people. There's been a feeling of um, people feeling adrift. There's been a lot of uncertainty. There's also been a lot of health challenges. There's been a lot of like societal things going on. And for a lot of people, happiness is just not really realistic right at this moment. It might be like something off in the future, but it's not really realistic now. And so um, I was really curious about you and what you do to get to at least okay. What's, what's been going on with you that's gotten you into an okay spot or not okay? I love this topic because yeah, the last few years have been a doozy as you said, for everybody. And I'm definitely included in that with, with the dooziness and gosh, just in the last year, I've had three surgeries in the last year within a one year period. And my grandmother passed away who was, I was very close to, she was really like another parent to me. I also have a, a baby. And so there's a lot going on all the time. It, it seems like so there was lots of times where my health was was not great and it's tough especially when when you have a child because you don't have an option a lot of times to just rest for a while and that'll be it because you know you have a baby crying in the next room that you got to get up and help and so it's been it's it's been a pretty tough tough year we also had covid twice um so you know it's just yeah, definitely had to rely on some of my my practices to to get through some days. That's that's for sure. So when you find yourself in these situations where like there's chaos and there's uncertainty and there's that feeling like you are adrift, you know, what is the first thing that you do to kind of start to redirect or or you know, anchor yourself? I think the first thing is to really take stock of where you're at, because one thing that doesn't work for me is just saying, oh, let's, let's have a positive attitude about things. It just doesn't work for me that way. So I feel like I have to meet myself where I'm at. And the way I do that is in two ways. So a lot of times I'm not at a place where I can sit and journal or something and so I just ask myself, like, what is present with me right now? Yeah. What is present? And sometimes I'll say, I'm scared. I have fear about this thing that's happening. I am anxious about this thing that's happening. I feel stressed about this thing. And it's really important to identify for me what the thing is that I'm stressing about. So it doesn't become this big convoluted ball. And yeah if I'm really having trouble figuring it out, I do what I call a brain dump where I'll just free write like stream of consciousness. And that helps me tease it out. For me, that's one of the most important things for me to do is just tease out like why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Because if I don't do that, it just becomes this this huge encasing thing like reminds me of Sylvia Plath's bell jar, that feeling of just being under an umbrella of ick basically. And once I start teasing it out, I almost see it as like sifting through a pool, like my pool of water in my life. I kind of sift through it and I can see, oh, this is why I'm feeling this way. Or, oh, this person came and peed in my pool. <laughs> you know, like that's why this person, this doesn't belong to me, you know? Yeah. And 
So that's really important. I guess the brain dump and underlining things and seeing what I'm writing afterwards, the reflection is important, but that's the first, very first thing that I do. And, and also that's why therapy can be really great too. Cause therapists are really great at helping you with that. Yeah. So like, I know for me, when I get to a situation like that, sometimes I'm better at catching it early, you know, where I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling a little funky and I need to just stop. And like you said, take stock and just be like, what is this? But then other times, a lot of times because of circumstances, like it'll just get way really progressed. (laughs) It'll get real bad. And then I'm like really in it and in a bad way. So do you find there have been times over the last few years where you've been able to catch it early or has it all kind of gotten really difficult before you realized it? No, it's gotten difficult before I realized it. And that's why I, I like the question, just what's here, because yeah. then I can see, oh, this is a big tangled thing that I don't understand why I feel this way about this. A lot of times when it gets to this place where you're just kind of feeling like a mess because of all the things that have built up over time. There's a lot of times where I still have to go through my day, you know, and yeah. all of us do. All of us, we, yeah. we have jobs and kids and life and whatever. And so what I do in that case is I actually have a song I listen to, very specific song by Dolly Parton. And it's it's called Light of a Clear Blue Morning. Oh, I love that song. It's so good. It's such a good song. And the reason why I like it is because she just generally acknowledges it's been a long, hard time, basically. Like it's been a long, hard fight. Like, and, and then it's like, but there, there always will be a new day, you know? And that's, and it sounds super cheesy, but it's Dolly Parton. So it's, it has magic infused in it somehow. And so I listened to that song and I, I think on my Spotify wrapped, that was like number two or something for songs. (laughs) And then when I have to function in the world, I listen to I'm different by two chains. So (laughs) yeah, that helps me because then I'm like, okay, I'm recovered from Dolly. I feel like it's a new day. Like a new day will be coming. Even if I still feel like I'm in the, the dark night, that's fine okay, I can function after listening to like three times through. I listen to two chains. I'm different because it's like, I don't have to do things the way everyone else does things. And that gives me a lot of permission to say, I can do my work with grief. I can be here with my health conditions and I can do things in a way that works for me. So I can show up best for my clients, for people in my life, for my daughter, you know, like I can do this with carrying these things and I don't have to have them all sorted out it's imperfect. And so that's been my, like how to get to minimal functioning level. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good, I don't think I've actually really thought about that before that sometimes the answer is nothing is going to get fixed right now. You're not even really going to be able to start fixing this situation, just acknowledging what's around you and like what is going on right now is the first thing. And then the second thing is like, I can still do what needs to be done. And these issues can still exist at the same time, which is maybe not ideal, but it's, I mean, it's something like it allows us to get up and, and do what needs to be done, get up in the morning and take care of the responsibilities. Cause not everybody has the luxury to just stop and, have a spa day and go on a yoga retreat, you know, (laughs) when they're feeling funky. (laughs) That is one thing I do though, is when I'm feeling funky, I'm addicted to getting my nails done. I make sure that that's on my calendar somewhere. So at least I, I can look forward to getting my nails done day after tomorrow that's fine. So yeah. Yeah. Even planning, this is going to be a day where I treat myself to a nice dinner or, you know, I go and actually get that doctor appointment. Like for me, it's like acupuncture. I'll go and get acupuncture because it makes me feel good. Getting that at least on the calendar is super nice. That's super nice. I like that. Totally. So I guess I kind of gave you what I do on 
when I don't have time and I need to minimally function, how to, how I, okay. What is your version of that? What do you do when you're, when you need to anchor, but you know, you need something, but you also have to function. Yeah. So it's funny because actually I didn't even think of this, but I do have a song too that I listen to. It's three little birds by Bob Marley. Like, don't worry about a thing. Everything's going to be all right. I listen to that for some reason that, that really, that calms me. I take a shower, even if I don't need one, (laughs) I will bathe somehow. And, uh, sometimes I'll sing in the shower because that's incredibly helpful for me to physically like move my breath. And I don't know, I feel like I exercise a lot of my inner turmoil by vocalizing and, and singing and stuff. I will pray. Actually, I will sit and pray and meditate. I I'll send out SOS a lot. Like, Hey, I'm driving to a thing that I'm really stressed out about. I can't stop what I'm doing right now, but Hey, I need some help. And I just, um, for me forming really clear intentions, like even before I've been able to take stock, sometimes I can't even stop and take stock. I'm physically moving toward the next being thrown toward the next thing. I will put it out there. Hey, I could use some help right now. And these are the exact things I need help with. I need help feeling calm in this moment where I feel stressed. I need help uh, having some mental clarity so I can navigate. I need a little support to help clear some obstacles out of the way. Um, And I just sort of make a list of what I think I need in that moment. Um, Those are like the real quick SOS things that I do to kind of even get myself to a space where I can stop and even take stock of what's going on. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Just asking for what you need and being clear and setting the intentions, because I feel like what that does is if we don't like specificity, I feel like is a really great antidote to confusion and anxiety and stress. Mm -hmm. It can, it can really help. So that's, I, I really like that idea of setting those intentions and asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times, one of the reasons why I think we can get so stressed out is just because there are so many different things happening at once and we start to get really disconnected even from our own bodies. We start actually like coming up out of our bodies. We go into our brain. And then if we start to really get into anxiety and stress or whatever, like intense feeling that we have grief or whatever is going on, we, we get pulled out of our bodies and, you know, taking a walk, sometimes there isn't time to do it. Doing all the things that we traditionally think of to like ground ourselves doesn't always work, but sometimes putting an intention out there or sending up the flare, so to speak, is enough to pull you to rein it in a little bit. Totally. Yeah. So if you have a lot of time, if you have, <laughs> if you had a day and you're not feeling okay, what would be your, your next steps of things you could do? So if I had the space, you know, honestly, I do altar building. So I will sit and I'll I'll meditate. Usually my meditation practice is in the evening, but if, if there's something that I'm trying to take care of or heal or whatever, I'll do meditation during a different part of the day. And in that time, I'll sort of mentally organize what kind of altar I'm going to build for what I'm trying to create or what I'm trying to draw in. And so I will go through all my little Oracle decks and I'll pull out all the cards of whatever deities or crystals or energies that I'm trying to pull in and I'll build one on my altar. And then I like put out all my little crystals and I light my candles. And then a lot of times I'll draw like this is a spell, basically. I'll I'll draw and write what my intention is. What it does is I feel like it is really clearly setting myself up so that the energy of the universe or whatever help support that I have can come in and mobilize and help me get kind of back on the right track. So that's actually, I do that a lot to help get myself in a better place because um, again, sometimes being happy is not an option in that moment, but that's something I can physically do to at least try to like 
I guess, attract happiness or like create some sort of space that happiness can come. So yeah, that's one of the things I do. And that that's a little bit labor intensive. I will take walks. Um, I live out in the forest, as you well know. And so I got to get out of the house because I feel like when we're sitting in our own spaces, our little thought forms and our energies get really embedded in our spaces and we get really wrapped up in them like a little blanket. And sometimes we need to shed the blanket and go and just be in a totally different environment. So if I'm not going to go like someplace uplifting or something like that, I can just also just go out into my yard and onto the property and walk around and just talk to the trees, (laughs) be like, Hey trees, you know, show some gratitude for the beautiful environment that I live in. Listen to some music, dance a little bit. These are all things that I do. And, and it's kind of like a gradual turning around of the ship of struggle, the struggle ship, the struggle train. (laughs) I love that. What about you? I know you don't have a lot of days where you just have like a bunch of time, but no, on the days that you do have time or you have some space, how are you turning the train around or at least trying to get into a place where there's some stability? Yeah. So I like to journey. So that is really helpful for me to go into non-ordinary reality. And I usually go in and it's actually what you were talking about with an intention. I usually go in with an intention like I, or a question that I have and I need help with this particular thing. And I, I usually go in and journey and that helps bring some clarity or I'll pull cards. Cause sometimes it's like you, you get so tangled up. You don't even know what you need. And so I like to actually pull an Oracle card for this purpose. Specifically, I really like the new Orleans Oracle deck for what I need. She has some really great cards in there. Like one of them is the elusive priestess is one of the cards in there, which is like, what do you need? And it's like, you've been focused on the wrong thing. Basically you're focusing on minute details that don't really matter. And there's this other thing you need to be focusing on. And the book is just, even though there's not that much in it, it's so great. You're like, that's exactly it. It's so crazy. Um, So I usually like to use that deck in particular when I'm really trying to figure out like, what do I need to feel okay? Yeah. That that's really helpful. Um. So that's kind of one of the magical things that I do. I also, if I'm going out in the world, I totally agree with you about going out into the world. Sometimes it's like either going for a walk or just going somewhere else. I really like to go to a coffee shop and sit down and get a coffee and read or write somewhere else. And one thing that I like to do is kind of like what you were talking about with your altar and what you want to call in. I like to do that with my jewelry, (laughs) pick a necklace or earrings of a particular stone. And what are those stones attributes or that crystals attributes? And that helps me. So if I have to go into a meeting and say something hard, I'm going to pick Malachite, you know, to support me you know, there's rose quartz. If I'm feeling like I just need a hug, like I kind of put intention in with my jewelry and that, that helps me a lot because I have an altar that I use, but that helps me because it's just fast. (laughs) I feel like too, to just put it on and you're kind of calling that energy on your body. Another thing that I did when I was pregnant, I had crazy hormones when I was pregnant and it was really, really hard to deal with. And even postpartum was immensely difficult. One of my friends gave me a candle and it was just a white candle that had just some sense in it or whatever. But I decided that that was going to be the candle that I lit for this problem that I had, which was my hormones going crazy and feeling like I really don't control them, you know, and just having to kind of ride the waves and just deal with it, which I'm sure, you know, if anyone has hormone issues or you've had a a child before, you know what I'm talking about. So just lighting that and then I would just kind of close my eyes and sometimes I would journey with it and ask my guides for help with it or just kind of saying like, when I light this, like this is helping this problem, like just assigning it to that candle really helped. And I guess it's kind of candle magic, right? (laughs) Yeah, it is. 
yeah, so lighting that and just, I tried to kind of almost transfer my energy to it yeah. and just doing that for even like a few minutes at a time was so helpful. And it was just like, almost like holding space for this thing that our society doesn't really recognize. Right. And just giving it a place, giving it some space was really helpful. So I would do that. Um, so yeah, I usually pull cards, go on walks, go to coffee shops, you know, light a candle, wear some cool jewelry, get my nails done, get a massage. (laughs) Those are things I, I love to do. And yeah, so that, that's pretty much what, what I do. It's funny. You were talking about the jewelry thing, but I know like, sometimes I will just change my clothes, Mm -hmm. you know, I will just be like, okay, I feel gross, but I'm going to just put something different on anything. I just need to change my clothes or I like, I'll change my sheets and my bedding. I'll change my towels. Like, especially if I'm in some sort of like funk, like I'm in a depression and it's lasting like days and days and days. Sometimes I will physically remove things that I'm touching a lot or wearing a lot and wash them and put something fresh on. Or like, sometimes I just put on makeup, like Mm-hmm. I may not even be going out anywhere. I just put on makeup, but I feel this transformation occur when I put makeup on that makes me, I look more awake and better, but also, you know, I tend to feel better too. That's sort of like glamour magic, but you're glamoring yourself basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was thinking about what you were saying about the the candles, because that of course is magic as well. You know, you're burning something. I love this idea of like programming your jewelry or programming your candles or programming something to basically take that burden for you. It's a physical mm-hmm. object or to somehow like act as an intermediary to help you get through a situation. And it's such a small thing, but you can do it. Like I have specific rings that I wear when I need to go into situations that I feel like I need good boundaries or I need some protection. And I think a lot of like crystal bunnies, like me, I should say, crystal bunnies will do that with our jewelry. But in terms of the candles, one of the practices that I learned from Alberto Violdo is, I can't remember what it's called, but basically you take, it's, it's burning, you're burning things basically to release them, which is classic releasing magic all around the world, but I just take matches, wooden matches and they have their, their square. So they have four sides to them and I will blow whatever I'm trying to let go into all, into all four sides. So I'll have four sides of a match and I'll blow into one side and I say, I'm releasing the anxiety and stress of this moment and I'll turn it. And then I blow into the next side and I say, I'm releasing concerns about a particular thing, or I'm releasing this headache that's been bothering me or whatever. And so basically each match gives me four things that I can release. And then when I'm done, I just light the match and just let it burn all the way down or I'll throw it in a a fire safe bowl and burn it with other little nice smelling things to kind of create something. But I love that whole act of like actually putting your yuck into something and then setting it on fire. <laughs> yep. Totally. I like the idea of the match too, cause it's fast. That's one thing yeah. with candles is they take a while. Like I still have part of that candle that, yeah. you know, it's more than halfway burnt down now, but, but I don't know. I still, I'm whenever I'm hormonal, I just still light it and <laughs> throw yeah. it in. But I like with the match that it's done and then it's, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I have a little bowl that I keep that, um, I throw like match ends that are from other things. Like I've lit a candle or I've lit incense or something like that. And I have all these like little match sticks that have no intention in them, but I think of them as kindling. And then I have like little nubs from, you know, smoke cleansing sticks, but they don't have leaves left, but they still have like an aromatic stock to them. And I kind of throw them into a little bowl and create like this little pile of kindling. So that when I do light one of these matches of release, when it gets down to the very, very end, that's going to burn my fingers. I just drop it in there and the whole thing like burns. And then I've got all this good stuff in there too. That kind of consumes the, the negative match. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So we're talking about like trying to be okay when we can't be happy and 
at the beginning you had said, you know, I'm just not one of these people that can say, oh, just think positively. And then I feel better. Like, I feel like almost no one can do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a few magical fairy people that can do that, who have that much control over their energy shifts. But for the most part, most people cannot go from being mired in struggle to being happy with just a thought. That's like, that's a level of like mastery that most people do not have. (laughs) No. So, So backtracking to like, taking stock, you know, of what's going on. That's not even fixing anything. You're just sort of like, okay, which rooms are on fire in my house? Where's the hole in the boat that's taking on water? Or even before you can take stock, sometimes just like doing whatever self-soothing needs to happen, you know? And there's a number of things, both like practically and magically that we can do. But then also finally getting to the part where you can actually do things and start doing some of that self-care stuff. Because we talk about self-care a lot, but, you know, a lot of people just don't have the time or space to even get to that point. But planning self-care, it's a little thing. And it it does kind of ease your mind a little bit. Yeah, it does. And I think with self-care, it's so different from person to person. I think self-care for me versus my husband is going to look very different, right? (laughs) And I think planning it is really great, especially, you know, with having a child that's under two, it's kind of, you're on for certain days of the week that you're the primary person. And so that is how I kind of plan it. Like, okay, I am going to give myself the time and the space. And another thing that is helpful is I started recently, I haven't been able to do any kind of exercise because I've had so many surgeries lately. Um, but I'm finally at a place where I can barely, I, I have to um, start putting my abs back together because my abs from the different surgeries I had were so messed up. And so all my muscles were like splayed all, all around. So I've started doing that in the evening And just even giving myself and making that like, this isn't a thing I have to do, right? Because I I do have to do it or (laughs) it's not going to be great. Yeah. But making that a time that I really enjoy. And so I make the light in the room really nice and I make it relaxing because, you know, there's chaos happening outside there, but I have like noise canceling headphones and I can just do that. And I'm focusing on one thing Yeah, and it is self-care. Is it self-care? Like I would choose to do on my own? No, but it is helping. I'm making it enjoyable by putting, you know, I listen to like either music I really enjoy or like one of my favorite podcasts. And yeah, that makes it restorative time for me emotionally and spiritually as well. So I think even just making the things you have to do juicier for yourself can make a really big difference. And it's something that we don't always think about, but I, I mean, when I did used to work out um, more often, I would time it. So it was, I was at the gym or at the same time that wheel of fortune was on TV. So I was so excited to watch my wheel of fortune, you know, yeah. just, just little things like that, that make the time that you're doing something that is care for yourself that you don't want to do more enjoyable and you look forward to it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good point. There's uh, for example, commuting, a lot of people hate commuting because they're thinking about work, but like one of the things that I like to do is I like to leave just a tiny bit early, like even just five minutes early. So I don't have to rush and then I don't have to like speed or anything like that. I can just drive slowly, like, or just in a very relaxed way. And that's five minutes. I'm just literally like leaving five minutes earlier. And then the treat is that I get to listen to a fun podcast or an audiobook or something like that on my way. So I don't have to rush. I can drive there and get to listen to something fun or interesting or uplifting. And I get there and I'm, I show up five minutes early or I show up perfectly on time. And I think that's another good example of just something that we have to do that we can make a little bit sweeter for ourselves. Like if we have an appointment that we're not looking forward to, weirdly, I will leave early for those appointments so that I have 
time so I'm not rushed. And so that I have a few minutes before the appointment to get myself centered so I can listen to a song or like look at Instagram or something like that, do something kind of fun beforehand so that I'm going into the meeting instead of going from the stress of driving and commuting and getting ready to the actual stressful appointment. There's like little spacers, just like five, 10 minute little breathing spots or just be quiet by myself for just a minute before I get into those situations. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is something that we can integrate in pretty easily to things and making it so your whole life doesn't have to feel so stressful because it can all snowball into that if we're, if we're not careful. And I think it is just a matter of, of, of building in a few of those moments to give yourself a little bit of a reprieve. Hey, curious folk, it's Emily Rose here. I wanted to pause this conversation to ask you, have you heard of Lenormand? You know, those sassy to the point cards that tell it like it is. If you're a tarot reader, oracle card reader, or someone who is simply curious about cardomancy and divination, Lenormand is a fabulous way to add specificity to a reading, or it can be a standalone divinatory tool. For instance, you can ask Lenormand to show you the ins and outs of a potential romance, give you a heads up of what to expect for the year ahead, or even help you find lost objects. I'm telling you, this is a game changer that you just have to try out to believe. Have I piqued your curiosity? Inside my free three-lesson Lenormand mini course, I'll teach you the basics along with a daily practice to get you started. You can take my free mini course at emilyrosedivination.com slash mini course. That's emilyrosedivination.com slash mini course. See you inside. Are you looking for a divination tool to help bring peace and clarity into your life? The Opal Oracle is a colorful 72-card deck that delivers empowering messages, beautiful symbols, and crystal clear guidance. It's a helpful tool that nudges you in the direction of your greatest good. In this vibrant and joyful deck, readers can dive more deeply into a path of self-compassion and reveal to themselves the love that exists in the world around them. The Opal Oracle can serve as a standalone deck of cards or it can be used as a companion to other divination systems. Pick up your copy of the Opal Oracle card deck on Etsy or at opaloracle.com. And now back to our curious conversation. So how do you catch when you've gotten, when you're about to like tip over that edge of like, this is just going funky to like, oh no, this is a problem and this is untenable. Like, how do you know when it happens early and, and what does it look like for you when you're like, oh crap, I really, really need to do something because this isn't working. I think I know, I know my tipping point is when I just start getting annoyed at everybody on another level. (laughs) It's just, when I'm just getting mad at my dog, I'm not doing anything mean to my dog, of course, but I'm just, I notice myself just getting so annoyed at her. I'm getting so annoyed at my cat. I'm getting so annoyed at my husband. Like I'm getting annoyed at people um, more than usual. That's what I know. It's usually, if if it's everybody, then I know it's about me. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> and so I think, okay, I've hit a point. That's, that's, always my indicator is I'm like, gosh, like, I don't want to be this short with people. Then I know I'm getting to a point. And so that's usually one of my main indicators. That's like my check engine light, I feel like has come on. So or my usually my husband goes like, geez, like <laughs> something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I just snapped at him. When I'm annoyed at other people, then I'm like, oh, like, everybody can't be the problem. Right. You know, I clearly have an issue. I've heard that called being crispy. I'm being crispy. I'm a little crispy (laughs) today. Yeah. That. And another thing is when I don't feel like I have clarity about anything. Like if I feel like I don't know what to do next, if I feel like in my life, I feel lost and like, I don't know 
what I should be doing next, I know that something is obscuring my view. And it's not like I have to see 10,000 feet ahead of me, but if I don't know what my next step is, just the very next one, I can't see my hermit's lamp, you know, then yeah, I know that something is obscuring it and I need to take care of it. And so for me, I go to therapy. And so therapy is really helpful because I'm a verbal processor and it helps me to just verbal process to somebody who has that experience and they can kind of tease out like, huh, well this happened. And it's something I hadn't even really acknowledged. And then once we start talking about it, I realize, oh, all the charges there. I didn't realize yeah. that. And so that's really helpful. And I know not everybody has access to therapy, but that is a really helpful thing when I'm noticed, I don't have any clarity at all about things. It's like, there's just too much unprocessed things. It, mm -hmm. And that's usually why I can't see what's next. If you don't have therapy, um, one thing you not saying this is a substitute for therapy, but something that could help if, if you're a verbal processor is get yourself some friends on Marco Polo. I don't know if you know that app. No, I don't. It's an app where you can, it's, it's kind of like FaceTime, except for it's one way at a time. So one person can literally talk for an hour and then someone can just watch their polo and then respond whenever they want. And you can do voice or video. And so I have that with a, a couple of my friends and some, we always do a disclaimer at the beginning. Like I just need to verbal process. Feel free to not listen to this if you don't want to, or feel free to listen to it if you want to. And then you just kind of can verbal process to somebody like you're telling somebody, but you're also giving them a disclaimer and you can listen to it on like twice the speed. So <laughs> if someone is verbal processing to you, you can just two times it and be like, okay, and, and listen to it and get the gist and respond yeah. or whatever. But that's a really great thing. If you're a verbal processor, I feel like to kind of get in there and go through your stuff and, and kind of get a little bit of clarity. But of course you have to get permission from people to do that. Cause you don't just want to dump stuff like that, but <laughs> I have friends that it's reciprocal. We do, we do it with each other. And so it's totally fair. Uh, what are your signs when things aren't working? Yeah, there's a few things. So I will start to take on a bunch of new projects it's like a form of escapism for me. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to create a new tarot deck. <laughs> like these are not little projects. This isn't like, I'm going to organize my underwear drawer. It's <laughs> like, it's like, no, I'm going to write a book and I would like throw myself into it and I'll spend all this time thinking about it. And yeah, cause I love to like plan these great big projects and I, and I love to do the projects too, but then there's anxiousness around it. It's not like this is inspired and this is fun and I'm going to savor this. It's like, I want to be a certified underwater basket weaver and I'm going to go sign up for a course and I'm going to get the certification and I'm going to do it. And I start to get kind of like aggressive about it and, and it doesn't feel fun or relaxing. It feels compulsive. And so that's one of the indicators to me that there's something happening um, that I'm ignoring because <laughs> I have to stop myself and go, hang on, let's press pause on this uh, workshop that I'm taking and look at all the things I'm neglecting and try to figure out why I feel like I absolutely have to do this right now. And interestingly, what happens is usually first is I realize that there's something going on in my body that I'm uncomfortable with. So I'm feeling bad in some way and that I've just thrown all of my like intellect and creativity into a new endeavor to ignore the body thing that's come up. And then I backtrack, then I find the body thing that's out and off and try to figure out what that's connected to and then take care of that. And then, so it's sort of like going backwards um, because the end of me doing the, the thing and like throwing myself into a project is the project just stops when I burn myself out. Um, mm. or like, then I end up six months later going like, why did I start this project? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I actually don't really care about being an under like certified underwater basket weaver. Like, why did I just throw myself into this? So, Yeah. Those are the big things that like little things that come up 
where that are indicators that I'm off. Well, they're almost always physical. Like my body is Mm -hmm. really good at telling me if something's off, you know, digestive stuff or, you know, aches and pains or something like that. It's like, hang on, you know, because I think a lot of people, we internalize our stress, Mm -hmm. you know, our stress just gets lodged in various parts of our bodies. So, um, I don't tend to snap at people as much, but I can get crispy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. I'm going to use that term now. I'm getting crispy about this. (laughs) Well, you don't have to explain it to anybody. You can just say I'm feeling crispy and people will be like, okay, that's cool. (laughs) Yep. Yep. People will get it. Well, and that's so interesting that you feel it in your body and that you can get some signals there. Headaches. I'll get a headache. Oh yeah. I'll be like, Oh, what's going on? I have a headache. Something's off, you know? Yeah. My body's a liar. So whenever (laughs) I tap it, well, my body's a little tricky with all of its issues, but I, I'm like, why are you doing this? I'm feeling great. Stop doing that. So I'm like, I wish mine did that because that would be nice, but it's just, I I can't rely on it for how I feel. (laughs) I feel like so. (laughs) I have a friend has a chronic illness and she said the same thing. She says, my body's always betraying me. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, People who have chronic illnesses, like that is the body isn't always going to tell you the truth. (laughs) No, it, it won't. But yeah, I like what you said though, about getting to know what your signals are, like learning what your signals are and knowing, okay, when, when I'm feeling this, you know, compulsive energy to throw myself into a project, that's my sign. And for some people that could be a sign that you're feeling great and that, you know, but it's knowing it, it's, it's so attuned to in each individual with what your signs yeah. are. Okay. I need to get into it. So I, I mean, what I'm coming away from this conversation with is okay, what are the signs that you're getting off course and identifying them? Yeah. And which I always kind of knew, but I don't think I've ever actually said out loud before. So that was helpful. And then having, you know, kind of a plan that you can go to or, and it can be a menu, right? Doesn't have to be prescriptive, but having a menu you can go to of, oh, these are practices that generally help me feel on course yeah, and help me get into a new frame of mind or help me refresh my energy a little bit. And I think that those are helpful lists for anybody. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's a super self-indulgent thing to make these lists for yourself. It's actually just, you know, like your emergency preparedness kit for, your life, you know, when things get out of hand and you feel like you are not functioning well and you're feeling stressed and like the wheels are about to fly off the the wagon, you having that list of things, those people that you call the, um, the, the small things that you can do for yourself can really prevent like disasters from happening in your life and just make you feel a lot better and, and not necessarily happy, although that's really nice to feel happy, but like to get to a place where you can feel okay. And like things are at least somewhat managed. Totally. I like thinking of it as an emergency preparedness kit. Yeah. You'd mentioned the New Orleans Oracle. Is is that Mm -hmm. what it's called? It's called the New Orleans Oracle. Who is it Mm -hmm. by? Uh, Fatima Mboj. Do you have any other decks that you like to use specifically for these kinds of situations? Well, I like your deck. I like your Oracle deck and I like yours for really practical, like day to day, because your Oracle deck has specific words on it. Like it'll say intuition or compassion or or things like that. And that's really helpful for like, what do I need to call in today? Like I feel like I like to use your deck for that. I like to use hers for like a more general feeling of like, okay, this is what I need in my life right now. This is the overall thing. And then I like yours for like, this is a specific thing I need today. Yeah. And then um, I like to use Lenormand as well. Cause a lot of times for me, like I said, I think in this conversation before, 
the antidote to stress and anxiety, I feel like is getting specific about things. And Lenormand helps me get specific. And so I like to use pretty much any Lenormand deck. I like Rana George's is my favorite, the Rana George Lenormand. But I like to use that to sometimes look at a situation holistically and say like, okay, what is happening with this situation? And it kind of gives you like a bird's eye view of a situation and you can kind of get yourself out of it. Um, not so entangled in it, at least for me with Lenormand, it's easier to do that with. And then sometimes I'll say, what do I need to do today about the situation? And I like to ask Lenormand specifically for advice because it'll just tell you really granularly, like make a to-do list for the love of God. Like it'll say <laughs> something like, like put some, get some stuff on paper or like, it'll, it'll tell you something really practical that you can do in that moment. And, and it's not like something esoteric out there that is hard to pin down. It's like, no, you just got to make a friggin' to-do list. Like, please do it. That's what I like to use. I kind of, I I mostly use Lenormand and Oracle actually when I'm feeling yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. For people who are listening, the, the Oracle that I created is called the Opal Oracle deck and you can buy it on my website, lovejoylightwork.com. <laughs> it's a great deck. You know, and that's why I created it was because it was, a, it was an Oracle that I needed. And so, and I just love the fact that when I talk to people that use it, like they're using it exactly the way that I had intended it to be used. So I just, because I was going through grief at the time and a really, really hard time and feeling okay was just not really like I could barely get to okay at that moment. So I created the Oracle to kind of help me get to okay. And then I launched it in March of 2020, right before the pandemic. And you can imagine all of these people who are going through incredibly hard times found a lot of solace in using those cards. So it's been really nice to do that. It's, it's funny that you're, you don't mention the tarot because I kind of feel the same way too. Like I don't use the tarot as much when um, I'm in that space where there's just things are chaotic or I'm feeling adrift because it's so contemplative. And a lot of times we don't have the mental space to be really super contemplative. We're just trying to stay above water. Yeah. And like Lenormand is great because it it's so direct and it's way less contemplative and then oracles are really nice too, because they, they tend to be very simple. You know, they can be super woo-woo and fluffy and stuff. And I love woo-woo and fluffy when I'm having a hard time, like I live for it. Um, but it's just, it's nice to have both of those options. I feel like tarot is great when I'm ready to transmute some shit. When I'm yeah. ready to change something, I'm ready to do some shadow integration. I'm... I'm ready to change this energy and integrate an experience into my being or something, then I'm going to tarot. But yeah, usually in a daily thing, I'm like, if I get the 10 of swords, I'm going to freak out. Like <laughs> that's sometimes I just get in a mode where I'm like, if I get that, I just can't deal with it in this moment. And so I need something that's going to tell me things are fine. <laughs> and then, and then I'll, and then ask, the thing I like about Lenormand is that you can ask really specific pinpoint questions and it's only going to respond to that question. So yeah, you can ask something like, what do I need to do right now? And it'll tell you like, and then you're like, cool. Okay. Thank you. And then you can just go do it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tarot is definitely, you get in those situations and you can pull these cards and it'll be like, you're under a lot of stress. There's a lot of chaos going in your life. You're like, yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Ten of swords, tower, death, you know, all the, all the hard cards. You're like, okay, you're telling me what I already know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Do you ever use um, any other kinds of uh, divination for those times? Usually I just go to cards because I don't want to do anything else um, because I'm, I'm, I don't want to deal with it. But one thing that I do um, is I have this exercise called imagine the solution. 
And that's something I teach in my intuition course that I have, but literally you can solve any problem you ever have in your life with this technique, which sounds like a grand claim, but it's true. When I'm like ready to solve a problem, I use that. And it's, it's like an intuitive technique. And so you can just ask a question basically and, and go in and get an answer. And that's really helpful when I'm ready to solve a problem or I'm like, like, why is the situation this way? And then what can I do about it? I'll use that. And that's super helpful. So I'll do that, but that's usually when I'm a little bit further down the road. Yeah. I mean, I think this is important to point out to people that at least I've experienced this sometimes just knowing what needs to be done, but still not doing the thing is still helpful. Like it's still a step in the Mm -hmm. right direction. I do, as you well know, I do business mentoring for people. And a lot of people are really scared to look at their books. They don't want, they don't want to look at their own finances and they don't want other people to see their finances because they're afraid of what people will see. They're afraid of being judged and they don't really want to know what's going on. It's the sort of like plugging your ears going, la, 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 I can't hear you, you know? But Mm -hmm. the truth is, is that knowing that things are bad is still better than not knowing. And like having, having an awareness of what needs to be done is so much more empowering, even if it's like really daunting, or even if the news is incredibly bad, like it's still a much better place because you know, you know already on some level that something is off, (laughs) you know already. And so to have that confirmation and have it kind of in your face and to possibly even know what the next step is, it's, I feel like it's an important step into feeling a little bit better into seeing that there might be some light at the end of the tunnel, or at least, you know, what you've got, you've got in store for you in the future. So it's more, it's way more empowered. It might not feel great, but it's still more empowered. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, this is cool. I I'm feeling better about this, uh, about life in general after talking to you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm feeling (laughs) better too. I, I think it was just great to highlight the different, different techniques we can use and like what other people do and get ideas about different ways of thinking about this. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea of having, having a list, having a menu of things. It's kind of a fun, it's kind of a fun actually prospect is like, I'm going to create a little menu for myself so that next time I get crispy, I can, uh, (laughs) (laughs) instead of getting extra crispy, (laughs) next time life puts me in the air fryer. Yeah, I I have options because that's a big thing too, is that I have options. So thank you so much for for talking through this with me and hopefully people have um, gained some some helpful little tidbit for next time they're feeling funky so they can at least feel okay. I love it. Thanks, Heather. Yeah, and everybody, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Divinely Curious. Connect with us on social media and tell us what you thought about today's episode. You can find Emily at Emily Rose Divination or on her website, emilyrosedivination.com. You can also find me, Heather, on social media at Lovejoy Lightwork. Or you can visit my website, lovejoylightwork.com. Thanks for listening and stay curious.